and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Fundamism Podcast. I'm your host and master of shenanigans, Paul J. Long. You know what it is, what we try to do every single episode is feature folks that are creating fun for themselves and inviting it into the lives of others. And we got a doozy for you this week. But prior to uh, introducing this young man, I'd like to shout out our sponsor, Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle's been with us from the jump. If you don't know about Charlie Hustle, you should go to charliehustle.com because they got all the Christmas threads uh, if you celebrate Christmas. But if you don't, they got other stuff for you too. So charliehustle.com to learn more. Super excited about not only what they're doing from a, from a, from a business standpoint, but from a community standpoint and supporting those that are less fortunate. And what a tremendous, tremendous segue to the young man that we have to feature here today. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a brand new author, author of Ghetto Conscious that has just dropped December 18th. He is the founder of a nonprofit, EATN, or you know what we do, we stay eating. That's what we do in the Fundamism fam. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I got Brandon Vega. What's good, my man? What's up, Paul? Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Ready to go. Listen, let's get it. I mean, uh, I love your energy. We were introduced, obviously, uh, by a mutual friend by the name of Reggie King, another Fundamism fan member that was featured on the pod. Uh, Before we get into uh, so many things that we have in common and so many things that I admire you for, the people want to know, what do you do for fun? Um, Well, this is going to sound kind of crazy, but um, some of the things I do for fun, I want to start off by, you know, uh, saying that I like to read. I really like to read. you know, trying to just fill my mind with as much information as I possibly, you know, can have just so I can be able to have, you know, different conversations with different people and stuff like that. And I'm into learning and all of those good things. But, you know, I was once a basketball player. So, you know, uh, I like to watch a little ball every now and again. You know what I mean? Just to remind me of the old days and stuff like that. But, you know, uh, and sometimes get out there and, and, and play a little ball. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I like to do for fun. I love it because once a baller, always a baller. And, uh, you know, we're early on in this interview, but you know what, Branda? He's on fire. Brandon, you are killing it right now. Uh, But don't get it twisted. Like if if you stand in the lane anywhere near the hoop, you know, boom, shakalaka. I'm coming with the noise. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm getting crossed up and I'm probably getting made to look like a fool. But nonetheless, uh, man, I I admire the fact that you're willing to invest in yourself, Brandon, uh, take in information to develop your mind uh, and your worldview. That obviously is part of what got you to where you are today with uh, your book release, which I'm super excited to talk about. You sent me a copy early on. Uh, Mine is filled with notes. I I love it thus far. Uh, I'm not finished with it, but I'll tell you, I love what I'm reading thus far. But before we introduce the book, what got you to this place where you were ready to write? What got you to this, this moment where you wanted to take all your thoughts and your journey in life and uh, submit them for the whole world to see? Uh, well, to be honest with you, Paul, uh, you know, ever since I graduated college, um, I was always working with kids and around kids and stuff like that. And I've always had this knack for writing. I've always enjoyed it. But just as a hobby, just something off to the side, you know, putting little notes in the phone and stuff like that. But every day being around these kids and, you know, seeing the things that they're dealing with and that they're going through, you know, it reminded me a little bit of, you know, my upbringing and how I was in school. And, you know, just kind of sometimes trying to give these guys and young ladies the benefit of the doubt when they do things that, you know, a 16 year old or 15 year old would do. So um, and, and with all that being said, it's just, you know, trying to inform people to kind of not 
you know, make the mistakes some of us make, you know, in our lives to, you know, help them because they're coming behind us. So I just said, you know, why not, you know, just put, compile, you know, everything that I've had over the years together and, um, you know, put it together and, you know, turn it into a story. So, yeah, that's how it kind of, you know, came about. Well, one of the thing that one of the things that really jumped out at me, and and I didn't know this prior to being introduced to you, but uh, it, it's actually a book filled with poetry, yes. and so it, it's written uh, in a very creative format. Which uh, Fundamism Fam, you as the listener, you know that that's something that we we live by. You know that we like to showcase creatives. Uh, we like to live in a childlike spirit, and by getting back to your roots and communicating in a way uh, that really. It, takes your thoughts and puts them uh, in a different form, right? An ability to connect with an audience in a different manner is is pretty freaking amazing. Now, one of the things that you said, Brandon, um, you said that, you know, you you live through experience, which we all do. And that that experience that we live creates our belief system, as you very well know. Yes. Uh, that belief system creates our behaviors and those behaviors then drive our emotions. So ultimately, there's a lot of people in life that aren't necessarily living uh, joyous or fun-filled or with fulfillment. And so if indeed you want more of that or want to invite more of that fun into your life or, or what we call fundamentalism, then it starts with, uh, with new experiences and the right people. So right. you mentioned that, that you want to obviously be a, a light for many through darkness, I'm paraphrasing, uh, yes. to share your experience and to help them. Clearly, you've had a lot of folks uh, that have done that for you, including one Lavelle Pootie Rich uh, Mutcherson. Did I pronounce the last name right? Yeah, Mutcherson. Mutcherson. Yeah. So, forgive me. Tell us about Lavelle. Oh, man. Um, he's a guy that I met when I was around like, uh, you know, 12 or 13 years old. Um, he, he, uh, him and his family moved next door to me. And, uh, you know, when you come outside every day, you know, you, you right next to, you, you know, he's right outside. You know what I mean? So there's no avoiding your next door neighbor. No matter how you want to cut it or slice it, like you have to deal with this person every single day. But, um, you know, he was one of the guys that although he, uh, you know, chose a certain, you know, life, you know, that, you know, we have to choose from, you know, coming from where we come from. He always made sure to, you know, guide me the right way and to tell me the right things opposed to, you know, trying to get me to do things that, you know, I had no business doing, you know, I would have done anything he would have told me to do just because of the love and respect that I have for him. So um, I just wanted to, you know, dedicate it to him and just to keep his memory alive. Because, again, um, part of the reason I am, you know, the way I am is, you know, probably because of him, you know. So like you talked about through living through our experiences and stuff like that, you know, at some point in life, you know, there's many people that come into our lives that influence, you know, the way that we are. So, um, you know, he actually knew about the book, but, you know, he just happened to, you know, end up passing. And you know, I was hoping that he would actually be around for the book. You know, it wasn't supposed to be this way, but, you know, everything happens for a reason. You know, now that's extra motivation to continue the, you know, legacy, you know, at least for me, you know, of him, you know, what I thought of him, you know, in a sense. Well, uh, Brandon, I, I got to tell you, obviously, this is our first formal conversation, right? Exactly. I mean, we, we've had a bunch of text message exchange yeah, yeah. And, and your energy is contagious. Like I could tell you're a very driven uh, individual. I follow you on the gram. Yeah. Uh, and man, I, dude, your book release has been hype. Like it made me really think about um, the process that I went through because yeah. 
I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, dang, man, I, I missed out so on so many opportunities. You even got a shoe like the ghetto Kasha shoe. That thing is fire. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I had to get I had to get a uh, custom pair of one ones, uh Nike Air Force Ones, ghetto conscious edition. That's right. Well, if indeed uh, you want to check out those uh, those one ones, the ghetto conscious edition, you got to go over to Brandon's IG, which is what, uh, Brandon? Do you know it off the top of your head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Vega Brandon underscore V-E-G-A. B-R-A-N-D-O-N underscore Vega Brandon. And of course, that will be in the show notes as well. So if you want to follow uh, Brandon, uh, trust me, you you won't want for more content because my guy delivers the goods. So, you know, uh, interesting topic. You talk about individuals that help kind of shape us, right? And so we live through experiences, but obviously those experiences invite people into our life. And, and we can learn from said individuals, both good things Uh, that we want to be and emulate and things that maybe we don't necessarily want to be. And what I heard you say, uh, man, again, Pootie Rich is the greatest nickname I've ever heard in my life. Uh, (laughs) How did he get Pootie Rich? Do you know? (laughs) Oh, man, I I do know. I do know that uh, everybody always called him Pootie, but uh, he called himself Rich. And um, the reason why he called himself Rich was just, you know, it's kind of like a mindset kind of thing. you know, uh, kind of speaking it into existence. Because again, man, when you, you know, when you a street guy, you out in the streets and stuff like that, every day you hustling, you know what I'm saying? To make that next dollar and doing it however you can, you know? So, you know, Rich is just, you know, a mindset of a lot of those guys because it's like everybody's doing their thing, you know, to be able to take care of their families and, you know, one day hopefully get rich. So um, I think it's a great nickname as well. And like I said, man, I just want to keep his... uh legacy alive because uh you know he was a very instrumental person in my life and i know there's plenty of people like him throughout you know america you know in these communities and stuff like that that although they may not be living the you know best life they are still being positive influence to those that are younger than them so and that and that's basically the premise of the eaton project right i mean based on my understanding thus far is is really providing uh, the younger generation the tools, resources, even experiences and, and individuals that could potentially take them through a difficult time and show them that there is opportunity outside of what they're currently living. Is that yes. an accurate assessment? Yes, correct. Man, look at me. I just, <laughs> I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. I do know that you dropped a strong Ricky Ross reference because every day we are hustling. Yes. But uh, when we think about uh, Pootie Rich, what what I'm hearing you say, and and again, please correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon, is that he potentially was living a life that not everybody would desire to live or aspire to be, right? And he knew that potentially the game that he was living correct. was not necessarily right for a young man like yourself. And as such, he shielded you from that and guided you down a different path. Yes, correct. Yes, that's, that's absolutely correct, man. Um, you know, I know a lot of times, you know, People, you know, they have these beefs and stuff like that. And again, I'm not, you know, uh, trying to glorify anything that he's ever done or anything like that. As I say in the book, you know, uh, you might have not lived ideally, but you, you know, you still did everything for me that I needed because, you know, I don't have any brothers or anything like that. You know, my cousins are the closest thing to brothers uh, to me and, you know, some of my closest friends. But as far as having a blood brother, you know, I don't really have that. So I never had that big brother trying to guide me and show me the ropes or anything like that. And um, that's what he did. You know, uh, he has, you know, three, uh, sorry, four other younger siblings and stuff like that, who I still stay in contact with to this day because they're like little brothers to me. And um, yeah, man, he just made sure that, you know, I stayed clear because he saw my potential. He saw things in me that 
I didn't even see him. Um, he would always big me up and, you know, give me words of encouragement. I used to think to myself, like, why is he telling me all of this stuff? Or why does he feel like this about me? You know what I mean? Why does this guy, you know, feel this way about me? So um, as I'm still trying to, you know, figure out my life and seeing things unfold every day, you know, I'm starting to understand some of the lessons that he had taught because he was only a few years older than me. But, you know, he had an old soul. You know what I mean? He was like a, a older guy. He was like being around somebody in their 40s or 50s every day. So he definitely had a lot of wisdom. Well, experience will do that to you, as you very well know. And, uh, you know, on on your Instagram, I saw. Uh, as you as you got that first book order and you're sitting in the bed of that truck yeah. and all those boxes yeah, and yeah. joy on your face, uh, it's such an exciting time. And and as a fellow author, uh, I just admire you so much because I know the work that it takes to get there. Yeah. And so as we start to get into Ghetto Conscious and and some of the content that you've come up with, again, it basically outlines the the or outlines the evolution of a rebel or the evolution of you as an individual. And so as we get into the content of the book, talk to us a little bit about your upbringing. So what was it that you were challenged with so much that helped shape your philosophy and perspective on life? Oh, man. Oh, that's a very great question, Paul. Uh, you know, I grew up, like I said, I grew up in Carroll City. You know, my mother you know, and father, my father's a police officer. My mother's always been in the customer service and stuff like that. You know, I have one sibling. Uh, I have a sister named Amaria and I have a stepsister as well uh, named Valencia. But uh, just growing up in the environment that I grew up in, man, just going to school with some of the kids I went to school with is like you are not avoiding, you know, the reality of life. You know what I'm saying? No matter how you want to, you know, like I say, uh, cut it or slice it, you're not avoiding certain things that take place in the real world, no matter how well your parents are doing or any of those things, like you're still going to kid, uh, excuse me, you're still going to school with people who only come to school, as I talk about, for the free breakfast, the free lunch, or the snacks that the schools provide, because it's like they know when they get home, there's no meals there. So me growing up around the type of people that I grew up around and me always having the type of mind that I've had, I got the best of both worlds. Because here it is that, you know, I'm choosing to, you know, kind of sort of be an intellect in my own right, but I'm also getting the training from, you know, street guys, you know what I'm saying? People who are on the streets and there's some of my friends who, you know, don't have the same situation as me. You know, a lot of people don't know who their dad is or a lot of people, dad, not even in their life. You know what I mean? And I was lucky to have that. Some people, mom are not around. Some people, mom's on drugs. Mm. You know what I mean? So fortunately for me, I didn't have to deal with none of that stuff. But at the same time, I've always felt, you know, uh, the responsibility or I've always felt the guilt of these things taking place to my friends and, and, and other people. So um, it's, it's that existential frustration that we all sometimes feel where it's like, you see what's going on, but no matter how hard you try, you can't do anything to, you know, change it. And um, that's something that has always bothered me, man. So uh, going back to the upbringing, you know, I'm just lucky to, again, have the type of parents that I've had, you know, to have had somebody like, you know, Rich, you know what I mean? And just to, Grow up, you know, I th at the end, I say, you know, God, I understand now why you placed me in this jungle. You know, uh, every, you know, it's only the, you know, only the strongest survive. It's the survival of the fittest and not necessarily physically fit. It's just, you know, it's mentally fit. Uh, you know, being a be, living is about thinking. You know what I mean? Doesn't matter how big you are, how strong you are, how much money you have. If you're not a thinker, you know, you're just going to get in line and, you know, be a robot like everybody else. So 100%. And, uh, 
I, I, I dropped a video today on, uh, on, on social and it was all about uh, the, the premise of what you just said, right? Having options, right? right? That's one gift that we've been given and that no matter what the struggle is that we're going through, no matter the challenge that's in front of us, whether they're relationship woes or a job that we hate uh, or uh, potentially, you know, you know, some kind of vice, like being an addict or whatever it may be. Right. We right. always have choices, right? And they may be choices that we don't want or we don't like yeah. or we don't appreciate it. Yeah. But ultimately, we got to flip the script because that's the only way to get out of, of said situation. So, yeah. you know, Brandon, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of folks that listen to this podcast that they desire more joy or more fun or fulfillment in life. And uh, they're constantly challenged with that by their environment, right? Whether it's the people that they surround themselves with uh, I mentioned a job that potentially doesn't give folks strength. And uh, I've gotten the opportunity to speak to, to some high school kids uh, throughout my years. And the one thing I know is if you're different than uh, the masses, mm -hmm. oftentimes you're not necessarily accepted with the masses, right? Yeah. And so the, 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 the premise of my question surrounding that would be, you grew up in a society where the culture says, you know, you, you got to be tough. You got to be hard. You got to, you got to be rigid. You got to be rugged. Right. But right. you, you chose a different path. You said, I'm going to be an intellect. Uh, and you, and you stress the importance of learning and continuing, uh, your own development. So how did that look from an acceptance perspective? What did that, uh, what did that bring you in life that maybe wasn't always, uh, the most promising in terms of relationships that you had? Oh, man, Paul, that's another phenomenal question, because in thinking about the book and creating the book, you know what I mean? Like I said, I've always known that I had a, you know, a special gift and we all have gifts, you know, so I don't want to say that like I'm just this special guy. But um, again, just based off the people I went to school with or I grew up in a neighborhood with, you know what I mean? The environment does something to us that we cannot explain. You know what I mean? And I understood that certain talents that I do have, I have to conceal these things, because if I don't, I can be penalized for them. I could be penalized for, you know, showing people that I'm smart. I could be penalized for, you know, things that, you know, sound crazy, but, you know, these things are very real. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, in our communities, you know, sometimes when people have a certain skill, you know, they are penalized for these things. And I just learned to, you know, kind of play the role of not knowing, you know what I mean? So I would kind of do anything, you know, when in Rome, you do what the Romans do. You know what I mean? You you just fall in line and you follow suit. So you're seeing things going on. You know what's going on. But at the same time, you're just going to act like you don't know. You know what I mean? And again, I was telling somebody the other day, you know, how would it have sound when I'm coming outside saying, hey, guys, I'm not going to play football with you all today. I think I'm going to write or I think we're going to read. Mm. It's like that's not going to be accepted because guess what? When Monday comes, you have to walk to school. And when and school is over, you got to walk back home from school. So right. guess what's going to happen? If you into all this studious stuff, Guess what? You got to have to worry about somebody at the store waiting for you just because or even for turning in your homework. I mean, I've seen some of the craziest things happen. You know what I'm saying? I've seen girls get beat up because they I mean, I mean, Paul, we could go on and on about yes. that. But it's, it's, it's crazy, man. And um, the thing that I'm trying to do with this book and everything that I'm trying to do moving forward is kind of trying to change the mindset. That's why eating is, you know, existing above the noise, not getting distracted or deterred and staying on track and all of those different things. So, I mean, it's it's it's. It's simple, but it's very complex. Sure, 100%. And uh, listen, uh, I greatly appreciate you, um, you know, navigating this conversation so eloquently, specific to the point of, you're right, we could talk about most of this stuff for hours and hours and hours on end, right? And right. 
all of this stuff, uh, it is what created the foundation for your book, right? Yes, sir. And so my, my follow-up question was, and you basically hit on the answer, how do we shift that culture, right? How do we shift that culture to where it's okay to be smart? It's okay uh, to find joy in whatever brings you smiles or happiness, whether it's reading or turning in your homework or, you know, singing a song or, right. or playing the trombone, whatever it is. Yeah. Like the haters are obviously consistently going to be out there in life. Correct. And so the reason why uh, what you're doing resonates so much with me is because the fundamentalism concept is all about gravitating towards the things that give you strength, right? Okay. Whatever that looks like, whatever your fundamentals are, whatever uh, uh, mitigates the noise or allows you to exist above the noise, like you say it, right. do more of that and damn the haters because they're going to yeah. be there. So mm -hmm. as, I, as, I, as I delve into your book, man, first of all, it is the evolution of a rebel. Again, it's called Ghetto Conscious. Uh, just dropped December 18th. Uh, where, where can folks find this at, Brandon? Uh, you can find Ghetto Conscious Evolution of a Rebel at www.starteating.com. Hmm. Um, it's on my site. Um, you can navigate through it if you want to get this, uh, you know, as quick as you can. Just type in www.starteating.com slash shop, and it'll take you right to the shop with the book. So if you don't want to see anything else, you could just get straight to the book. And, Paul, I want to touch on, you know, what you said about how can we change, you know, this this mindset. And that's everything that I'm trying to do with, you know, me being who I am and even from the back of the book. Right. Have you ever seen an author take a picture like that with with a suit on, with Nikes on, with a with a scully on? You, you, you probably never seen that. You know what I'm saying? So just to attack, you know, to, everything is about innovation. Right. We always want to do something new. We want to do something different. Paul, how many books have you seen with black pages? I mean, probably not many, if any. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean, so it's just it's just. Here it is, little old me from Carroll City was able to come up with a concept and a plan to kind of already do something that's Hall of Fame worthy. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm always humble, Paul, but I think I had to throw that in there. So I hey, probably. Hey, you got me hyped. Listen. <laughs> listen, listen. Uh, you know what? You said something early on uh, that I want to press you on a little bit because this is what society does. What society does to individuals that have greatness or exude greatness or, or passionate about something or great at something, uh, we feel the need to, to be humble, to sober ourselves and to say, listen, I'm not saying I'm special uh, or I'm not saying I'm more special than everybody else. No, man, you are special. And every single person on the planet is special when they embrace their differentiators and they understand that we all got something. We may not know what it is yet. We may not know what it looks like yet, but every single one of us, every single one of you Fundamism Podcast listeners, you are or have some form of greatness in you. So embrace it and stop feeling the need to say, no, 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 I'm not saying I'm special. You are special, man. And you just referenced, Brandon, many of the reasons why you are special. Uh, you mentioned the way that you dress on the back of this cover. I was disappointed when we got on here on this Zoom call and you didn't have the scully on. Like, I thought you was going to brighten my day. Uh, but then you smiled and you delivered the goods. So uh, talk to me a little bit about, um, we talk about the evolution of a rebel and ghetto conscious. And what's cool about it is the contents and the chapters are created almost as a timeline in your journey in life. Yes. So, so it starts with the genesis. Where, where that, tell me about the, the Genesis. Well, you know, Genesis is just, you know, the beginning. You know what I mean? It's just the beginning of 
whatever, and just, you know, kind of touching on the, you know, spiritual tip or, you know, whatever the case may be, just kind of saying, hey, this is from my beginning. This is how it started for me. And just kind of trying to like, you know, hold your hand through the story and, and, and kind of trying to guide you because at the same time, this story was also constructed like this because I know my target audience. And I know sometimes, you know, when there's a lot of words on the page, it could be kind of overwhelming and it makes you not even want to open the book up. So as you see, I'm giving you a little bit at a time. I'm feeding you a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And as you're saying as well, you know, with your fundamentalism uh, listeners and all that stuff, how you talk about embracing, you know, our specialties and the things that we're good at, you know, my mission statement is, I will discover my purpose in life. In order to dis, uh, dis, in order to you know discover my purpose, I will embrace all pressure and challenges along the journey. I will achieve the goals I set out to accomplish, no matter what. I will take the good with the bad, understanding that nothing in life comes easy, and I will never lose sight of the bigger picture, despite the obstacles thrown my way. You mm. know what I'm saying? I, I how can I starve if I'm always eating? Man. <laughs> I, I will exist above the noise. So it's like you embracing all, all the pressures and challenges. You're achieving the goal you set out to accomplish. You, you're taking the good or the bad because in life, nothing's going to always be sweet. You know what I mean? We're going to have those obstacles and we're going to have those hiccups. Like again, this morning, my tire blew out, right? I was on my way to work. My tire blew out. But guess what? I still made sure that I sat here with you at 12 o'clock like we set up. Yeah, I didn't, wasn't going to make no excuses or anything like that. And I, you know, I'm, I'm getting it done. You know, we can't make excuses. We all have to figure out what our purpose is. You know, I had a guy by the name of Joe Mazzula. He played for West Virginia um, back when the Mountaineers was, you know, pretty, pretty good. He was my one of my coaches my last year in college. And, you know, he used to ask me every day my senior year, what's your purpose? And I didn't have no answer for him. You know what I mean? And he was asking me, he was drilling this in me every single day. Hmm. But guess what? I'm starting to figure it out. So putting this book together, you know, hopefully that can help somebody else discover their purpose. Because at the end of the book, I said, never be afraid to share your story because you never know, you know, who it may help. You know what I'm saying? So this book is not about me, Paul. It's about the other people around and that's coming behind me to help them. Mm. Man, I, you know, so much of business, so much of, of uh, being successful in marketing product, a service, uh, something of value to others is, is marketing, Brandon, as you very well know, right? Your, your voice and the way that you get it to the masses. There, there's been a lot of tremendous product out there that didn't survive because they didn't have the right branding behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, man, you are, you're on it. When I think about marketing, I mean, that tagline, how could I starve if I'm always eating is just amazing, right? And exist above the noise because right now in today's society, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you grew up in Carroll City or, or Kansas, like I'm from, like, it's noisy, bro. Like, right. yeah, everyone. whether it's politics or, and, and granted, please don't get it twisted. We all got different strife. We all got different challenges, right? right. I didn't, I didn't grow up, uh, like you said, uh, listening to gangsters trade war stories. That, that wasn't, that wasn't the life that I lived, but I, I saw my own challenge, right? And yeah, today, right. right now, one of the things that I'm sure I'm, I'm 100% certain you and I can relate to is the social divide right now and the political yes. landscape and, and all the hate where people are just sharing all the stuff that ain't working as opposed to what is. Right. So, man, I, I just, I really appreciate your branding. And in the Genesis, you say, life as I knew it before it started was about to end, realizing what life had in store for a black man. Naturally, the fear of living slowly crept in. Can't tell you how the story goes, but this is how it begins. You know, um, I'm, not a, I'm not a great reader. And the reason why, Brandon, I'm not a great reader is because I'm not a very patient man. Mm -hmm. And 
what I mean by that is you hit on it. When you talked about reading a book cover to cover, I start at the beginning, I get to the, to the end of page one and I forgot what I read. Yeah. So then I'll, I'll go back. Right. And it's a never ending cycle for me. I get so frustrated enter ghetto conscious, the evolution of a rebel, the way that you constructed this is easy to digest. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're a, a reader who, who does, you know, 10 to, to 15 books a month versus mm-hmm. one that, that maybe reads one a year. This right. is something that reads really, really simple. That sounds like it was very deliberate on your part because you yeah. understand the way people digest content. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yes, correct. Hmm. What's, your favorite, uh, what's your favorite excerpt from this book? Man. I, know I'm put, I'm, I know I'm putting you on the spot because, hey, you're like, hey, it's all good, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, uh, I think, I think, I don't, I don't know, Paul. I haven't had the chance to uh, really like sit with it and and really think about it. I mean, maybe some of the shorter poems that get straight to the point. You know what I'm saying? Like one of the poems is, you know, make sound decisions, always remain silent whenever handling business. You know what I mean? And and just in that right there is just, you know, making sound decisions, right? So just making sure that every choice that you make is a good choice, you know, because sometimes we're not going to always make the best choice. But at the same time, we have to, you know, cross our, you know, cross our T's and dot our I's. You know what I mean? And we just have to make sure that what we are choosing, we're, we're OK with living with. You know what I mean? And then when I say remain silent, so that's just a play on itself. Make sound decisions, but remain silent when handling business. You know what I mean? And just that's, you know, how they say. Don't always tell people what you're thinking or what you want to do. You know what I mean? Because somebody can steal your idea or try to talk you out of it or whatever the case may be. That's one of my, you know, favorite ones. And then I also got one where I talk about like, you know, because I'm I'm trying to also educate people, Paul. This is not only, you know, for, you know, African-American people or people that come from where I come from. This is also to educate people. You know, like you say, you're from Kansas. You may not know exactly what this is about, but. In this little bit of, you know, reading, you know what I'm saying? It's it's short, but it's deep. You know what I mean? So you could take so many different things from what you just read right there. You know what I mean? With realizing what life had in store for a black man, naturally the fear of living, you know, slowly crept in. So it's like you're seeing all this stuff happen to people that look just like you. You know what I'm saying? And you're not exempt. You're not exempt. So you just have to be, you know, aware and you have to, you know, try to, you know, stay the course. Brandon, uh, everything that you just said and what we started this, this whole podcast out with uh, could really be summarized uh, with the first one in chapter seven, Crossroads. This, is, this one slaps. And it don't matter what your background is, right here. I had a difficult time trying to navigate my behavior, was becoming inappropriate, things just started happening. I became somebody I wasn't so my friends wouldn't clown me. Trying to be down almost drowned me. Yeah. How many of us can relate to trying to fit in everybody to be something that we're not to just to just exist with others like minds, right? That aren't necessarily like minds just because we feel like it's going to create acceptance or make us happier. Bro, right. like that's that and I'm not getting into a political discussion, but that's Democrat versus Republican right now. That's correct. Like that's like just think for yourself and stop trying to be like everybody because ultimately uh, your friends are going to clown you regardless. (laughs) So so stop drowning and just embrace your authenticity because that's where it happens, man. Yes, yes, Paul. And um, yeah, man, I I just believe that sometimes, especially as a kid, you know, 
you want to be accepted. You know what I mean? You don't you don't want to be the only kid eating lunch by yourself or playing on the playground by yourself and all that stuff. So you 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 want everybody to like you. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of people say, well, I don't care what other people say about me and this and that. Well, that's a lie. You know what I mean? We say sticks and stones may break our bones, but words will never hurt us. But words do hurt because if they didn't, we wouldn't. You know what I mean? If somebody says something to you, you wouldn't take it that way or you wouldn't whatever the case may be. I feel like, yeah, sticks and stones hurt you physically. But words, what they do to you internally and emotionally has a greater effect than physically because guess what? If you get hit with a stick or a stone, that pain is temporary. Mm. But when, I bet you there are things that people said to you when you was a kid that you still remember. Still you know what I mean? You still have it. And as we go through life, we're trying to, you know, get over those things, but it's tough. And these are things that people have said to us. So that whole notion of, oh, uh, you shouldn't worry about what people say and words don't mean anything, that's a lie. So, Paul, like I say, man, I'm just trying to show everyone that, guess what? No matter what color you are, we all go through the same stuff just in different ways. And we, all, we are all more alike than we are different. Mm. So once everybody started to really understand that, then we could get, you know, trending in the right direction. 100%. So... Um Along your path, along your journey, you understand, obviously, that the path that you chose wasn't always the same as as those that you were riding with, right? As as, as your brothers right next to you uh, or your sisters in the same house, potentially. right? Right. And so my question to you is, obviously, when we're younger... Those words, they really dig deep, right? Especially when we're trying to find ourselves and and we don't want to sit at the lunch table at high school with no friends because we know the people are, you know, it's just not a good look in our mind, right? Right, right, right. My question is, you seem like an individual that has really started to grapple with that thought and embrace your authentic self. Do you still, or uh, if you think about where you are now versus where you were back then, how much is your existence driven by what others think about you? Uh, I think to an extent, it always will be, Paul. Um, I think that, you know, that that's something that we all will always be affected by. However, now that I'm starting to, you know, embrace who I am even more, you know, I'm not going to say I don't care what people say or think, but at the same time, I'm starting to know who I am. Mm. So it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, because if I'm being true to me, you know, like you said, our, our friends, our peers, people are going to always have something to say. You get what I mean? Yes. So if we're focused on that, we can't do the things that we need to do to make our lives better. You know, we can't do the things we need to do to be happy and be joyous as, as you keep, you know, saying and stuff like that. So what I want to do, you know, for example, somebody told me that, you know, this book, the way I'm constructed, it may not be the way. You know what I'm saying? If, if I had listened to that, you know, we wouldn't be talking right now. And I probably don't have a book out. So, and that's somebody that's near and dear to me. But at the same time, this is something new. This is something different. So whenever you're doing anything new or anything different, like, you know, they told people we were never going to fly planes. We never was going to have cars. We never was going to, you know what I mean? So if those people like Thomas Ford and all of these people that created these things had listened to these people, where would we be? You know, so we got to all just, you know, stay the course, man. Listen, you're talking to a guy that wears bow ties nearly every day. Uh, yeah, I like but, it, by the way. I like that. I like that. That, that sharp green. That's very <laughs> nice. Well, listen. I, you know, I've always marketed this uh, this concept of fundamentalism, and I mm-hmm. got to tell you, yours is easier to digest from a branding perspective because you know the one thing that I didn't necessarily consider on the come up was. Uh, is it easy to say? Do people know what it means? Is it easy to yeah. pronounce, right? People yeah. confuse fundamentalism with fundamentalism. And I'm like, no, 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 yeah, not yeah. that extreme, right? 
But, uh, you know, to your point about acceptance, a lot of people told me be cautious marketing fun because it can be seen as immature or yeah. uh, childish or whatever it may yeah. be. Brandon, I'll tell you what, there's no place I'd rather be right now in my career. And, and that's including uh, with COVID pressing all of us, right? And all right. of my live events being canceled. Right. I feel like what I got, uh, I'm super proud of, I'm passionate about, and I know that it fills a void for people that need help right now. And that's yes. exactly what you are doing, my brother. So when I think about uh, Ghetto Conscious, going back to, you, I asked you your favorite, and I share this on the IG when you send me this uh, this book. My favorite, man, I jumped, you ever like, you mentioned some, things happen for a reason, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, the universe happens as and when it should. It always yeah. does. I, yeah. I said to you, that to you via text when we first connected, right? Yes, yes, yes. And so I opened the book and the first page is, uh, is page 70, sports trauma. And uh, I, I'm a hooper. Like, I, I love hooping. I don't yeah. do it as much as, as I used to. Uh, I, I'm 40 years old or, or coming up on 40, Brandon. And every time I, I try to hoop, my knees tell me. Rejected. And so, uh, <laughs> so uh, but side note, we did have a previous guest just a couple of weeks ago by the name of Chris Staples, who's a professional okay. dunker. Okay. Uh, and Brandon, I'm actually, as a 39-year-old man, I'm doing a vertical jump program that's 60 days. Uh, wow. Trying to get my hops back, so we'll see okay. how that goes. Yeah, let's let's see. <laughs> but Make sure you be stretching. Yeah, for sure, and that's <laughs> built into the program. So, yeah. <laughs> so did I hear you say your your coach was at West Virginia? But is that where you played? No, 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 no. I played at uh yeah. So I had quite the journey, Paul, and I'll just get into this a little bit. Um, I didn't take school series. Mm -hmm. Um, um, you know, school for me, I just did the bare minimum to get by. You know, because again, nobody wasn't really you know, pressing us about going to college and stuff like that. It just was, you know, if you're good enough in this particular sport, somebody will come recruit you. It wasn't, hey, you need to get your grades good because it da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. So I had to, you know, live in Mississippi for a year. I went to a prep school, and then I ended up going to junior college in Ephraim, Utah, with a population of maybe like 2,500 people. Um, then after I went, uh, you know, to uh, junior college, I played Division One at Winthrop University. I tore my ACL the uh, first week of school, set out the first year. Played the following year. Things didn't go the way that, you know, they should have gone, but that's neither here nor there. And then I ended up at Fairmont State. And Joe Mazzula, who played at West Virginia, was an assistant coach at Fairmont State in West Virginia. So Fairmont State is in West Virginia. That's and, um, you know, I developed a relationship with him over that year. And, um, you know, now he coaches for the Boston Celtics. And we still, you know, talk from time to time and stuff like that. But uh, he's been very – he's one of the, you know, biggest influences in my life over the last few years. Well – the reason why I brought all that up and I appreciate the background, obviously, because that's very helpful. Um, you know, there is a culture surrounding team sports, right? Yes. No, yes. no matter what it looks like their locker room, you know, no, no matter what you or I look like, it's, it's a squad. Like yes. it's your family, team, right? Team yes. You said again, page 70 sports trauma, chapter four. This is my favorite. This is, this is the one that I opened the book up to. I guess early on, I knew life was a team game. Watching someone else score when I assisted to me was all the same. Now that is brilliant because there's so many people that want to win. There's so many people that want uh, the limelight. There's so, there's so many people that feel like if the stat sheet ain't filled with points uh, or I ain't on, on Sports Center with dunks, right. and I'm talking about sports right now, but this relates to the work right. environment. This relates to high school. It relates to anything that when you build other people up, Brandon. Uh, there's something to be said for the goodness that it fills you with 
Were yeah. you always that way? Or uh, did, is that something that you, that you grew into and accepted throughout your journey? Oh, man, um, I've always, always from very small, I've always been that way. I've never been selfish. And, um, you know, sometimes I questioned it, you know, like why? You know, sometimes I've asked, why can't I be more like everybody else? But again, we are all gifted the way we are gifted and we are who we are. And, um, you know, I understand the importance of social capital. You know what I mean? Building that social capital and, you know, having friends and making sure you're taking care of everybody and stuff like that. Because, for example, you know, if I don't have a Reggie King in my life, if, you know, we're not connected right now, you know what I mean? And that's both of our social capitals. And um, just helping other people, why wouldn't I want to see you succeed? You get what I'm saying? Why wouldn't I get behind your idea or your plan if you have something that could benefit us all? But again, one of my coaches used to say, uh, Pat Kelsey at Winthrop University, um, he used to always say, we all win when nobody cares who gets the credit. You know what I mean? Because there's going to be a guy that's going to, Michael Jordan's going to score the points. Scotty's going to play defense. Dennis is going to rebound the basketball. You get what I'm saying? And Phil is going to coach. Michael can't do all three of the other different things, and Phil can't play. And You get what I'm saying? So we, we have to all understand that in this life that we have, what is for you is for you. So for you extending the helping hand for somebody else, like, why would you care? You know what I mean? Even if you think about social media, why wouldn't your friend or your family member share what you have going on? The share button is free. Mm. The comment button is free. The like button is free. But people will still act like, you know, like there are some people that will charge you for sharing certain stuff. And to me, it just doesn't make any sense. But at the end of the day, to each its own, we live in a capitalistic world. And, you know, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, when you're somebody that's always assistant, you always get more. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And you know your boy Paxson, that's me, is chilling, waiting. In the corner. <laughs> that's right. Just ready, ready. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Uh, what's interesting about everything that you just said, as we start to wrap up our time together, Brandon, is that uh, I, I pride myself in, um, in being somebody that helps. And quite honestly, because selfishly, not only is it amazing seeing you succeed, but it, it fills me with something great. Like I, I just, I love to see other people thrive and shine, right? right? But all that to say that there are times where I see folks and I'm comparing myself to them and my ego gets in the way and I stumble all over myself. And so take, for example, another speaker that I feel like uh, is is not necessarily at the same level as me, which is stupid. Why? Right. Why am I? Why okay. am I establishing my value and comparing them to them? Right? right. And then, so what'll happen is I'll I'll see them share something on social media, and that cynical side of me will be like, "Man, that's so disingenuous, right?" Or you know, fundamentalism is way better than that. Yeah. And uh, I get mad at myself, Brandon. Like I, I get mad because I know that's not what I'm about. Right. And the reason why I share this is because I think it's imperative that all of our listeners understand that no person is perfect. And while my, my favorite poem or my, my favorite excerpt from Get Unconscious talks about the power in, uh, in assisting others, we, we all slip up. We all stumble, right? We, we hit that little, uh, that little water puddle on the court and all yeah. of a sudden things, uh, that, that Achilles or that ACL is gone, yeah. whatever it may be. Right. But uh, I, I think it's important to understand that when you feel that stuff, all that is is ego. Like it, it's solely driven by our desire to, to, to not only be the best, but to compare ourselves to everybody else when right. everybody else has got their own journey and you don't know what the hell they're going through. So why compare? Right. Brandon, 
you're an individual that uh, I know this is the beginning of many conversations that we have. Sure. As people start to, uh, to dig into you and your content, again, just to reiterate, it's going to be in the show notes, but where can we find Got- Ghetto Conscious at? Ghetto Conscious, once again, will be on www.starteating.com slash shop. You can log on to Start Eating, or if you follow me on Instagram, the link is already in the bio, and it'll take you, you know, directly to the site where you can order the book. So, StartEating.com. S-T-A-R-T-E-A-T-N.com. How can we starve when we're always eating? For sure. It's something above the noise. Brandon, in closing, you got anything you want to shout out, you want to say, you want to to leave the world with? Oh, man. Well, first off, you know, I delayed my gratitude because I was supposed to start it at the beginning of the show. But, Paul, thank you so much for, you know, setting the time to have me on here to have this great conversation with you because, uh, you know, things like this is, you know, what gets me, you know, thriving. And I really appreciate, you know, having the chance to, you know, speak about things and enlightening people on a lot of different things that they may not know. So, um, like you said, this is the first of many conversations. Um, and again, brother, I'm, I'm thankful for you, you know, giving me this opportunity. And uh, speaking of ego, there's a poem in chapter 14 called Ego. Um, you can check that out right now. You can check it out, um, you know, once we're finished here. But it, it kind of speaks to that, that ego of, you know, not having that, you know what I'm saying, and not getting caught up with it, you know what I mean? Because we all have an ego, but it takes a strong individual to, you know, not let, let it, you know, take over them and control their thinking. Mm. Man, uh, I'm on chapter 14. Here it is. Way back when, when I thought it was all about me, God put me through some things that were humbling. Life is greater than self. It's not all about me. Had to let the ego, had to let the E go. So I could really see I've matured enough. Escaping myself was worth it. Working to live out God's plan, fulfilling my sole purpose. Uh, Brandon Vega, you are an amazing individual. I can't wait to chat it with you again. Uh, Ghetto Conscious available again in the show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, as the Fundamism podcast listener, we greatly appreciate you as we appreciate Brennan because what we're doing is we're bringing fun to the masses. And fun doesn't look the same for everybody. Fun to Brandon was reading and, and, and bettering himself and becoming an intellect uh, in an environment where maybe that wasn't necessarily appreciated or even accepted. What is your fun? Go out and find fun today and create fun in the lives of others. And until we catch you on the flip side, deuces, be safe, smile often, and have fun.